Hello, Bettys. Welcome to the show. Before we get to our guest today, I just wanted to let you know that we have such an epic list of guests coming up in March. We are talking about menopause. We're talking about autoimmunity. We're talking about muscle building. We're talking about recovery practices. And I don't want you to miss any of it. Even if you are listening to the podcast, you may not necessarily be subscribed. So you're going to have to manually go into your podcast app and press play. I would love for you to hit that subscribe button so that you are getting the podcast as they are released. It's going to make me oh so happy to know that you are a subscriber of the pod. You are officially a Betty in the Bettyverse. And of course, you are never going to miss an episode and be the first to know when it drops. Thank you so much. Hey, Betties. Welcome to the Better Podcast. It's your host, Dr. Stephanie. It is geeky magic time where I step away from the interviews and just talk to you. It's just going to be me and you today. And these episodes, I'm going to bring you personal insights, frequently asked questions, topic du jour in a more condensed, quick, and actionable way. I go hard on the geek, wrap it up with sprinkles and magic for you to do and be better. Hey, Bettys, how are you? We are going to talk today about cardio and the chronic overuse of it. And there is just so much confusion around cardiovascular workouts. I wanted to break it down in terms of benefits, uh, when something is good, and when too much of something is also going to be a bad thing. And I'm talking to my type A boardroom Bettys, the ones that take a good thing and they push it all the way over the cliff to the extreme, myself included in that category. And of course, there are so many women that are still spending hours and hours and hours on the treadmill, running their little hearts out, but not really seeing results in terms of the body composition gains that they're looking for. I am a huge fan of the Bio Optimizers Magnesium Breakthrough. It has seven forms of magnesium, which is going to help to transform your stress and your performance and your recovery and your sleep to the next level. I'm often asked like, well, what are the types of magnesium we should be looking for? So there's magnesium chelate and citrate and bisglycinate and malate, sucrosomial, taurate and orotate. They have various effects on the body. Bisglycinate, probably the most bioavailable and most absorbable. Malate, it's found naturally in fruits, helps with migraines. Chronic pain has been shown to help improve depression. Magnesium citrate uh, helps with arterial stiffness. It helps with maintaining a healthy weight. Magnesium chelate is important for muscle building, recovery and health, the list goes on and on. You're basically getting them all in one supplement. Each supplement itself is 500 milligrams of magnesium, which I feel is such a a great dosage as a great baseline for most women. I have found a beautiful medium of actually cycling my magnesium. So I actually will take one or two of these. So I'm either getting 500 milligrams or up to a gram of magnesium, depending on where I am in my cycle. So head on over to biooptimizers.com forward slash better and use code better for 10% off of any order, but make sure that the magnesium breakthrough is in your cart. Don't be fooled by the frigid temperatures. Keeping hydrated in the wintertime is super important. In colder temperatures, we sweat more due to a higher metabolic demand of trying to maintain a core body temperature. We lose more fluids and electrolytes through our urine. We lose more water through respiration and just general breathing. And our skin dries out in the wintertime as well. We are a ski family, and over this winter, we have been using Elementee's Chocolate Medley. The chocolate chai is 
absolutely incredible with some boiling water, a splash of milk, and my kids love the chocolate mint with some hot water. This is our apreski. We cozy up with Element Hot After Hours on our cross-country trails. And for a limited time, you too can get the Element Tea chocolate medley and enjoy them hot as I have been doing with this exclusive insider bundle for you. When you buy three boxes of any flavor, it doesn't have to be the chocolate, it can be any of the flavors that they offer, you are going to get the fourth box free. If you head over to drinkelement.com forward slash Dr. Estima, you'll see that exclusive offer at the bottom of the page. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T.com forward slash D-R-E-S-T-I-M-A. And tell me which of the chocolate, Melody, you love the best. So I wanted to start today by talking about some of the different types of cardio work that we can be doing and what that impact is going to have on your health from a variety of verticals, including body composition and how you look, but also energetic capacity and energetic efficiency. And this is important for us as we age. We want to make sure that we are at least preserving our energetic capacity and efficiency, if not continuing to build upon it. So this necessitates a conversation around the different types of exercises and the different types of muscles. So there's basically three kinds of muscles in the body. So we talk about smooth muscle, cardiac muscle, and skeletal muscle. So skeletal muscles is the target of strength and conditioning training. Uh, smooth muscle is the, we're not really talking about to, that today, but just to round out the discussion on what are the different types of muscles, smooth muscle makes up our blood vessels, certain organs, and then skeletal muscle is about 45% of our total body weight, right? So of course, uh, a skeletal muscle is going to attach two bones, going to cross a joint in between them. And of course, within that skeletal muscle, we are going to have different types of muscle fibers. So there's type one and type two. And of course, type two is going to be divided into 2A and 2B. So type one muscle fibers are usually used during more lower intensity exercises, right? So you don't need to contract them as forcefully. They have a high oxidative capacity, a low glycolytic capacity. Um, they are, they have the highest mitochondrial, uh, concentration. And often, uh, when we look at the color, um, is they're usually called like red, like the red, um, types of muscle fiber. And it's, it's akin to things like, um, you know, walking, you could probably walk for hours on end with ease. And that's because you are using these type one muscle fibers and they pri- they primarily use fat as their energy or fatty acids rather is the more uh, technical uh, term they use fatty acids as their substrate because they don't actually need quick energy right because it is almost it's called slow twitch like that's sort of the layman's term like a type 1 muscle fiber is called slow twitch and that's because they are not contracting as forcefully or as quickly as maybe type 2 fibers are so when we move into the type 2 category otherwise known as fast twitch muscle fibers 
2A and 2B, right? So 2A, they have a very high oxidative capacity, just like our type 1 muscle fibers do. And they also have a glycolytic capacity. They fatigue, they still fatigue relatively slowly. So for example, when I am resistance training and my rep range is somewhere between 15 and 20 reps, I am utilizing, I'm getting a nice use of type 1, but also my type 2A muscle fibers. You also get that when you're doing steady state cardio. Like I like to do, I, I use uh, my bike as my cardio uh, choice du jour. And if I go for a run as well, you're going to get some there, there too. So there's still fat oxidation. So we're still using fat, but there's also glucose in the mix there as well. Type 2B, these are the burst activities. So these have a very high, um, well, in contrast to type 1 and type 2A, they have a very low oxidative capacity. So they don't really use fat as their main substrate. They have a very high glycolytic capacity, meaning that they really do prefer glucose as the primary fuel for their twitch or their contraction. And they also fatigue very quickly as well. So this is like the burst stuff. So think of like the sprinting, it's like short term duration under high amounts of explosive stress. And then there's like a certain kind of timeline. There's like a Delta T in which they're going to fail much faster than a type one or a type two A muscle fiber. So just to kind of wrap this up. So when we are lifting weights, type two B fibers are going to help you lift really heavy with great power. So these are going to be the fast twitch fibers that are going to drive the explosive power that is required when doing like a one rep maximum, or maybe you're doing sets of like low, heavy repetitions. Okay. The type one, uh, slow twitch fibers are going to be more suitable for like muscle endurance training, uh, even like high reps, right. When you're doing, um, muscle training, like 20 to 30 repetitions. And then the two ways sort of in the mix in the, in the middle there. So when we, when we consider these different types of muscle, uh, these different muscle fibers, you can very quickly begin to see that high intensity interval training, things like the sprints or the high intensity, maybe cycle classes, or when you're running or you're doing burst training, you can also very quickly supersede the aerobic capacity of the mitochondria. So we are using a lot of this 2B muscle fibers, right? And these are highly glycolytic, not really oxidative, right? Meaning that they're using glucose primarily for their fuel source. Um, and when we think about anaerobic activity, so these 2B muscle fibers are going to tire quickly, but even in, so this is moving into anaerobic territory, but even in anaerobic, you can also supersede the glycolytic activity or the capacity of these type 2B muscle fibers. So what happens there is you actually stop using any energy systems. You will begin to just use the energy or the ATP, the adenosine triphosphate that's stored in the muscle for emergency purposes. So if you are working out too hard and you fatigue the type 2B fibers and you don't give them adequate uh, chance to replenish and you are sort of, you go into that anaerobic state, you can actually stop using all muscle systems. So now our energy systems rather. So now when you are 
you know, when you're thinking about constructing a cardiovascular routine for yourself through the week, if you are always just sprinting or always just pushing your cellular respiration to, you know, call it four or five times a week of hit high intensity interval training, you're actually going to be, it is, it is likely in those scenarios that you are not actually going to be using a, a lot of the time energy systems, right? So you're not actually using fat to burn uh, through the process of oxidation or glucose through the process of glycolysis. So you're just literally depleting the ATP in the muscles. So this is a big problem, especially if one of your goals is to change your body composition. So one of the first things that I will often change in a woman's uh, routine, especially as it relates to her cardiovascular, is I will cut cut, 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 snip, snip, snip the high intensity interval training out of her routine. Not entirely, but I will bring it from what is usually someone who is pushing herself four and five times a week to that down to one time a week at a maximum two. (laughs) And I know that that's really hard for some of us to hear because we get our dopamine hit from that, right? Like it's a, you know, we get this huge satisfaction from being able to do this really aggressive, really difficult workout. However, if you are someone who wants to change her body composition, just know that if you are constantly stressing yourself out this way, because exercise is a huge benefit, right? Long-term, uh, long-term benefit, short-term hormetic stressor. But this stressor, if you are doing, engaging in this, in this stress response, four, five, sometimes six, I've had women who I've cared for where they've been working out six times a week doing high intensity interval training, you are sending a signal, a stress signal to your brain and your body is going to hold on to fat like an insurance policy because your brain is like, what the hell? Five days a week, I have to run as if my life depended on it. Maybe I am, you know, my my survival is being threatened and you will hold on to that adipose tissue like nobody's business. So, If you are a Betty who loves, who gets her high off of her cardio, what I want to talk about, we're going to talk about this, uh, we're going to talk about zone two training uh, as well here, but it's important for you to think about how often you're doing high intensity interval training, and maybe we want to think about dialing that back a little bit. Now, of course, the other thing that I want you to consider, especially if you are engaging in HIIT training on a weekly basis, is where you are in your menstrual cycle, right? So... I love to recommend HIT at times or high intensity interval training at times when estrogen levels are relatively low. So when we think about our menstrual cycle, and I'll link to the Geeky Magic Menstrual Cycle 101, and C is for cortisol for you guys to review this. But when we think about our menstrual cycle, the times that that estrogen is low is in our bleed week. So when we have our period, immediately after ovulation, Estrogen goes like she takes a nosedive for a couple days and then right before your period. So this the re- and the reason why I only want you doing hit when your estrogen levels are relatively low is because estrogen causes our ligaments to be lax. So when we are thinking about explosive power or burst training in the way that hit often requires, it is those 
type, those explosive types of movements that are usually putting high demand, a high strain on our ligaments, like those in our knees and those in our ankles. That was ankles <laughs> is ripe. Is this is basically the breeding ground for injury. And actually, when we look at men and women, when we compare the types of injuries that men and women get, when we look at uh, women in their reproductive years, women have far more ligamentous injuries, particularly even in the ACL joint in the knee compared to men. Now that tends to flatline and even out once a woman enters menopause because now she no longer has this flux of estrogen anymore. But it's important for a woman when she is wanting to do HIT to actually know where she is in her cycle. And as you probably have guessed right now, because I'm always talking about your cycle, you got to know where you are, you got to be tracking it. This is also going to direct when you should be doing or when optimal times for your high intensity interval training is. I am incredibly bullish on sauna as a therapy for recovery, heart health, and overall aging well. I personally decided on an infrared sauna from Sunlighten because of the range of far wavelengths and near infrared wavelengths that it offers. Saunas help with detoxification and rejuvenation to rid your body of toxins. It helps with heart health by improving circulation, reducing blood pressure, and helping keep the arteries supple. It helps with muscle recovery by easing the tension and soreness to recover faster. And of course, stress reduction with the warmth and the relaxation of sitting in a sauna. It's crucial for hormonal balance and achieving a state of well-being necessary for a strong physique and a strong mind. If you visit sunlighten.com slash better and use code better to get a discount. That is sunlighten, S-U-N-L-I-G-H-T-E-N.com slash B-E-T-T-E-R and use code better at checkout. So what can you do in the times when your estrogen is high? You can do steady state cardio, zone two training, which we're going to talk about right now. And um, this is and this is really a way for us to, in some ways, grow up, right? In some ways for us to say, okay, so I know where I am in my cycle and this is how I am going to appropriately respond to the beautiful, ever-changing hormonal milieu that I have. Because if you continue to push and say, nope, it doesn't matter. Today is the day. This is my favorite class. I'm going to go to this class. I'm going to, this is I don't want to call it immaturity because it's not that, but it's it's a unwillingness to honor your biology. And this is what I think is, you know, in my work, in my own personal journey, in my professional work with my clients, this is like a beautiful rite of passage that Bettys all go through. It's really about understanding where we are in our menstrual cycle and being able to appropriately adapt. So whether that is diet or fitness, or in this case, we're talking about cardio. So just to wrap this up with a bow, I want to get into zone two training. So when we think about ATP generation, it is all about exercise intensity, right? So if we just, as a recap, slow twitch fibers, low intensity, right? And the uh, the type, these are type one muscle fibers, very well designed to use fatty acids. We're sort of primarily using fat. The demands of the, of the muscle are not going to require any other energetic substrate to provide ATP, okay? And you can do this for a very long time. As exercise intensity increases, we are going to have a uh, necessity to produce more ATP at a higher rate. So there's gonna. This is when we start to engage our two A muscle fi- uh, two A muscle fibers, and there's going to be a point where fatty acids alone are not going to be enough to produce ATP. So you need another energy system. That energy system is glucose. So when 
So that's sort of 2A. And then even at a higher intensity, when you supersede the aerobic threshold, okay, so we are going into anaerobic territory. This is when the ATP demands are going to exceed the uh, cytosolic production of ATP. This is when you actually go into the ATP that's stored in the muscle, right? You don't have time to synthesize it. You can't get it from glucose. You can't get it from your fatty acids. You've just got to use what's there, okay? You need to use it now, right? Maintenant, pronto, you know? Torah, if you're, if you're Greek. <laughs> Those are my three favorite languages for you. Mentna, pronto, and Torah. Okay, so... Um Okay, so now that's sort of, that's what those muscle fibers are. Let's move into zone two training, which I don't think we talk about enough. I personally love it. And um, I want to bring a little bit of awareness in terms of what it is. Now, I will pre-frame this by saying that it is hard for some of us type A's to implement it because when you know what your target heart rate is, you're like, what? No. So often what I find, and I had to do this myself too, I had to, I had to bite the bullet and I had to, you know, put my ego at the door um, in order to stay into, into the target heart rate zone that zone two is going to dictate for you. Many, many people find that they have to slow way, way down or even add walking intervals, you know, just to keep their heart rate in there. And this can be really frustrating. Uh, so I'm just going to say that because I was frustrated. I was like, oh my God, I, you know, and I'll tell you how to calculate your zone two in a second. But my zone two is about 138 um, beats per minute. So I was like, God damn, like I just have to breathe and I'm higher than 138. But that's really, you know, that really is a reflection of the state of your aerobic system, right? So the more that you can build this beautiful endurance base, um, the better off you're going to be. So just give yourself some time, like anything, we got to give ourselves time to, to step into it, just like a beautiful dress, you know, you got to give yourself a little time. So the way that, you know, the most accurate rate, way to get your zone two numbers is to, you know, go into an exercise laboratory, get a VO2 max test, but you can, you can approximate it. You can get a decent estimate by using the calculation of 180 minus your age. So I just told you mine is 138. So and I'm 42 right now. So 180 minus 42, uh, 138. That's like the upper number. And there are so, so uh, to keep your heart rate and you'll, you'll, when you start wearing a wearable or paying attention to your heart rate, you will very quickly see that it is very easy to get above that. So into zone three and four, when you're really using some of these like type two, um, uh, muscle fibers, but we want to be trying to focus as much as we can when we're trying to build out an endurance base to use those type one, right? We want to use that, those fatty acids as that substrate. And there's so many benefits for zone two training that I think are really, we're not talking about enough, right? So first they stimulate mitochondrial growth and function. So mitochondrial growth or biogenesis, you know, this makes your mitochondria more efficient. You have more of them and they function with more efficiency. And that means that's going to improve their ability to use fat. And if fat loss is the the thing that you're after, then this is the zone that you need to be focusing on. And if you are thinking, if you are concerned around performance, right? If you want to be able to go for a long time, and this could be in any area of your life, Betty, this could be for a run or a bike ride. It could be um, in the bedroom, right? If you want to have, uh, you know, good endurance, you want to be able to improve. Yes, I'm talking about sex. Uh, you want to be able to improve fat utilization, right? To and you want to be able to preserve glycogen utilization throughout the entire time. And 
people who train in zone two, what we see is there's this phasic shift. There's this um, higher capacity to stay in that fat utilization and to reserve the glycogen utilization for, you know, if you're running or you're, you know, you're on a long bike ride, you can use the glycogen at the end. So that that's super important. And of course, the other, the other thing, especially as it relates to endurance training, is that it is going to, the more your type 1 muscle fibers are trained, they are going to help, uh, they're responsible for lactate clearance. So lactate, I mean, we've got to do a whole other geeky magic on lactate, but it's like a byproduct um, of glucose utilization. There's some scientists that are suggesting that it's actually a substrate as well. But for the most part, most people know lactate is like the stitch in your side, right? So when you are, you know, running to and you get that kind of like achy stitch that you got to stop and you got to breathe and you got to breathe through it. And then the stitch kind of, you know, goes away over time. This um, lactate is a byproduct of glucose utilization, right? So that, and that is utilized in large am- amounts by fast twitch muscle fibers. So when we think about those benefits, um, mitochondrial biogenesis, improved fat oxidation, preserving your glycogen, um, you're basically improving your energy and your efficiency. There should always, always, always be zone two in your training regime. And ideally, when you're first starting out, thinking about three to four days a week of zone two training for at least 30 minutes is my best recommendation. So this can be things like weight training, you know, in that like depending on your experience with weight training, it can be in that sort of 12 to 15 rep range. Um, it can be rowing, it can be cycling, it can be rebounding, which is something I'm super in love with. Love, love, love to rebound. And this is where you're going to be recruiting primarily type one. You may get into type two A fibers as well, um, but it's generally like steady state cardio or, or a resistance training um, session. So what are we going to do with all this juicy advice? Well, my best advice right now is if you want to start doing some zone two training, get yourself a heart rate monitor so that you can actually see what your heart does under exercise conditions, under a wide variety of exercise conditions. And you'll actually start to become your own little end of one experiment because you're going to be watching and seeing how your heart rate is going to fluctuate when you've had things like a bad night of sleep or you're super stressed out or even there's been times when I've had a glass of alcohol you know with my with my husband the night before and then the next day I'm on the bike and I'm like good god my heart rate is like I can't stay in zone two unless I'm just like pedaling at like one rotation per minute so I have a super basic uh, polar heart rate monitor. I'll drop the link in the show notes if you want to check it out. But there are a wide variety of wearables, the Garmin watch, the Fitbits, the all the all the wearables that can monitor your heart rate while working out. I'm I'm a bit old school. Like I just like the wearable that um, like, uh, you know, polar heart rate is like sort of the, in my opinion, the it's very simple. All it does is measure your heart rate. And I kind of like that. I don't need a wearable that tells me all the things about me all the time because that really takes away from my own intuition in terms of how I'm doing. And I don't think wearables are quite there yet. Um, I used to be a huge fanatic of, uh, of one in particular. And when it would tell me that I had a poor night's sleep, like I would wake up feeling amazing. And then I would go update my aura ring on the app and it'd be like, oh, you're only at 73 readiness. I was like, get the hell out of here. Like, I feel so good. You know, so I thought that there was a bit of a disconnect in terms of how I was feeling and what the electronic device was telling me. And I was like, you know what? F this. Like, I'm going to go on how I feel. If I feel good, I feel like pushing myself. Like, I have the intuition and the knowing. Like, I 
is a Betty. I can tell, you know, there's my Southern like, I am a Betty. I know when I can go hard. Thank you very much. So that is my, that's my, my rant, if you will, uh, my Betty soapbox on cardio. Uh, the, you know, to summarize, I want you to cut down on the high intensity interval training because you are, you are jumping into 2B uh, muscle fibers, you are jumping into anaerobic. And most times when you supersede the end, like when you run out of the anaerobic, uh, you will actually just start to use the ATP that is in the muscle. And then you're not really doing anything. You're just basically running yourself into the ground. So if and I still think that there's a value in training to be. So I think that, you know, one time a week, two times max is really, really great. Knowing where you are in your menstrual cycle, super duper important. Get yourself a heart rate monitor and start integrating uh, and watching to see how your heart rate fluctuates with different types of stimuli. So I hope that you really uh, enjoyed this. I hope you enjoyed all my accents. Uh, I do absolutely love French and Italian and Greek, and I always try to uh, have a little bit of that flavor in some capacity. I hope that you don't mind me sharing that with you and I will see you next week. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. For those of you who want to continue on this week's geeky magic carpet ride with me, visit bettershow.co forward slash show notes. You'll find research, links, summary notes, musings that I prepared in preparation for the podcast. And I often throw in some of my best practices, bonuses, and links. All the juicy bits are in there for you. And now for the obligatory legal and medical disclaimer. This podcast is for general information only, and the advice recommendations we discuss do not replace medicine, chiropractic, or any other primary healthcare provider's advice, treatment, or care. In the consumption of this podcast, there is no doctor-patient relationship formed. And the use and implementation of the information discussed are at the sole discretion of the listener. The information and opinions shared on this podcast are not intended to be a substitute for primary care, diagnosis, or treatment. This episode is brought to you by yours truly, Dr. Stephanie Estima and Leverage. Leverage handles all production, creates the images that you see on my social media, and takes out all my awkward pauses. They are my secret magic bullet. You can visit them at getleverage.com forward slash better.